from Transport Topics in Washington, D.C. This is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take you to CES 2022 in Las Vegas. This massive technology show features everything from the latest consumer electronics to advanced robotics and virtual reality, but it has also become a premier venue for showcasing the latest advances in commercial vehicle technology. This year, many attendees and big-name exhibitors decided to pull out of CES due to rising coronavirus cases caused by the spread of the Omicron variant. But the show did go on, and there was still a lot to see, including in the freight transportation sector, where the top themes were the emergence of autonomous and electric-powered trucks. But what did those flashy exhibits really tell us about the future of trucking? We'll set out to answer that question in this episode. To learn more, we're going to dive into the automation and electrification trends with interviews I recorded on-site in Las Vegas with two major exhibitors at the show. Later in the program, you'll hear from Joe Adams, Chief Engineer at Kenworth Truck Company. But first, let's begin with my conversation with Chung Liu, CEO of self-driving truck developer Too Simple. Let's play that interview now. We're here at CES 2022 in Las Vegas, and I'm very excited to speak with Cheng Liu, CEO of Too Simple, which is developing autonomous driving technology for heavy-duty trucks. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And let's start by talking about a major milestone for your company. You know, Too Simple, of course, has been testing and operating self-driving Class 8 trucks in the southwestern U.S. primarily for a few years now. But until very recently, that's always been with a safety driver behind the wheel. Uh, in December, though, Too Simple pulled the driver out for an 80-mile test run on highways and surface streets in Arizona with no one in the vehicle. So just discuss the significance of that step and also maybe reflect on all the work that you know, went into reaching that point, finally. A great question. So the, our drive route test, uh, as you mentioned, was an 80-mile route from uh, Tucson to Phoenix. It was a terminal, a distribution center to another distribution center. It involved driving on surface streets, uh, onto highway, back to surface streets, and uh, it was done without any intervention of traffic, uh, without any humans on board, and without any remote control of the vehicle. Now, we did have uh, many safety precautions, especially being the first driverless test in the whole industry, including, for instance, our unmarked police vehicles falling about half a mile to a mile behind the vehicle for, again, for safety. Um, it's a massive uh, accomplishment. Uh, I think uh, it sets too simple apart from uh, the industry. Uh, it also moves the industry forward. Where industry, Thomas driving industry is still nascent. I think there's a lot of questions that start with if or can. And I think the being able to demonstrate one run driverless, uh, we're continuing this uh, multiple times, uh, does go a long way to answering the if this technology is real, you know, can this thing happen? And, and that's a big milestone, of course, for the industry. Yeah, it well, certainly feels much more real today than it did just a few years ago. It's amazing how much the industry has advanced. And I would like to bring the conversation back to, to CES. So at your booth here, of course, you're, you're showcasing a Class 8 international tractor outfitted with your technology. Of course, you're also highlighting the current routes you're running on your autonomous freight network and uh, some of your industry partnerships as well. Uh, but just tell us a little bit more about the booth and really what's your main message to attendees at this year's show? So if you look at the booth, and um, hopefully you have pictures or video of the booth, it's, it's holistic. And the main message here is that at Too Simple, our mission is to automate certain routes that make the most sense to automate. 
and this is long haul application, the ones that have uh, greater distance, a lot of repetition. And to do so, it's not only the Thomas truck itself, but also uh, the series of products and solutions that have to ensure this work in a turnkey way. So for instance, if you see the booth, we have a uh, display of an oversized system. So again, if you have thousands or tens of thousands of unmanned vehicles, how do you monitor them? I mean, that's important even if you have people in the vehicles. Um, we actually have the truck is surrounded by uh, what we call terminal layout. So if you think about a driverless truck, it's almost like we call it a mission internally. I mean, you almost have to start from a, a launch pad which effectively is a clear space to have some sensors on it, and that has to get to another launch pad. The interaction between humans to machine, that protocol, that process has to be well-defined. So, so I think the key message here is that the technology is very important, but also developing a turnkey solution that your readers, uh, the shippers and carriers can benefit from. Um, at Too Simple, that's our mission. It's not just the vehicle, it's the whole ecosystem that surrounds it. And you know, of course, uh, you know, today during this uh, really this testing and validation phase, uh, Too Simple is already partnering with some of the biggest names in freight transportation. You know, UPS, uh, Pilot with the Postal Service, Ryder, Werner, U.S. Express. I could name others. But how close are you now to a, a full commercial launch of this technology? And what are the next steps on that pathway to commercialization? Great question. Um, Look, we've, we've had a track record of, of being industry first, of really uh, doing groundbreaking technology work, as well as being leader in the commercial operations. And that's been validated by our um, development work with our partners that you mentioned. Um, we see that this is an incremental progress. Uh, we are working with them to better develop a solution, again, to enable low cost, reliable and safe freight capacity. Um, we see a future where the middle mile is it's almost like a new mode of transportation. You know, just like the railroad is another mode, autonomous trucks for long haul is one mode, and it helps to make the overall supply chain more efficient. It frees up valuable driver resources, valuable freight capacity uh, to other parts uh, of, of the logistics network. First mile, last mile, routes that doesn't make sense to automate. So, so those are the things that um, is so critical to, to be working with these great partners because they understand just how complex uh, supply chain is and, and they give good requirements on what we need to do and help them deliver. Sure, and you know, Too Simple now is a publicly traded company following last year's IPO. Uh, so how has that additional funding supported your efforts to bring this technology to market? Well, we've been IPO for a public company. Uh, so we're the first in first uh, Thomas driving company to be public listed on a NASDAQ. We raised uh, over a billion dollars, 1.3 billion to be exact. Um, it's very important. I mean, if you look at, if you draw parallels to the electric, uh, electric vehicle space, being well-funded, it's tremendous amount of engineering work. We need a lot of very smart people. We have to invest in the supply chain. So all these things require capital. And um, you know, I think this furthers our leadership because of that virtual cycle of capital, great talent, uh, and, and better technology. And is that uh, 2024 timeframe still the target uh, for uh, a, a full commercial launch uh, middle of this decade? Yeah, I mean, our, our definition of full commercial launch is to have continuous autonomous freight operations. 
Uh, it's not going to be nationwide by then. It's actually will be a, a limited area, um, southern part of U.S. where we are today. Uh, and of course, from there, we'll grow. And by 2030, we hope to have 100,000 autonomous trucks uh, operating in two simple autonomous driving system uh, nationwide in the U.S., which is still a very small fraction. Right, sure. The 2.3 million, was it 2.5 yeah. million Class A trucks that, that's out there. A, a massive industry, and yes, uh, of course, all of this takes time to scale, even if it scales very rapidly, it's such a big industry. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. And uh, speaking of, of the industry at large, uh, of course, as autonomous truck technology continues to advance, you know, one of the natural questions that always comes up is what does it mean for professional truck drivers? And I think most observers, certainly within the trucking industry, view this technology as something that will complement the industry's workforce rather than displace it. But of course, I'd like to hear you know, your latest thoughts on this. Uh, is this technology something that can support workers in the trucking industry in the future? Absolutely. Because uh, two things. One is, th this is not a zero-sum game. The demand for truck freight is actually increasing. I mean, all of us want goods delivered to our houses today, tomorrow, right? definitely not a week from now. And so that's putting a lot of pressure on supply chain. Uh, it's adding, it's requiring team drivers or uh, much faster turnaround time. So the, the pie is getting bigger. Um, the second is autonomy uh, makes sense in certain lanes. It's not, uh, not going to be everywhere. Uh, and so really it's a complement. It's, again, a different mode of transportation that allows us to make the supply chain more efficient allows us to reallocate some human drivers to jobs that maybe allow them to go home at night, first mile, last mile. And we always say, I, I, I'm willing to bet many things on this, but today, every driver can retire as a driver. I mean, without, without question. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that especially given the scope of the industry you mentioned, and, and also just uh, you know, all the you know, final mile and uh, local and regional jobs that are out there, uh, you know, sometimes we, we get ahead of ourselves and, and we have the, the workforce uh, conversation that feels almost a generation or, or two uh, too soon. But uh, I also wanted to uh, discuss one of your partners uh, with uh, some of your, your technology partners. Uh, so, of course, you're working with Navistar, uh, truck manufacturer and uh, Trayton Group, uh, as well as NVIDIA, um, for example, uh, to, to bring all these pieces together to, to come up with a fully integrated and uh, you know, factory-installed, uh, purpose-built uh, autonomous truck. Uh, where do things stand with those uh, collaborations with those industry partners? It's going very well. Um, partnerships uh, require a lot of work on both sides. Uh, we structure it as a win-win, uh, which means that uh, both sides contribute and, of course, uh, benefit from this. And, and it does because autonomy Again, the pie is so big, um, there's a lot of, it's not a zero-sum game. Um, it's going well in the sense that 
we are, the teams are working very much together to develop a, a purpose-built autonomous truck. And again, going back to the sort of the parallel discussions with electric vehicles, you know, many few years ago, the supply chain of batteries, of battery management systems, the powertrain was not developed. It's kind of similar in autonomous driving today as well. And so it's incumbent upon us to build an ecosystem of hardware players, ourselves, and downstream players to, to further that head. And, and so, um, no, it's, it's going as planned and, and uh, we, we couldn't be happier with our partners. And I also want to talk a little bit more about the potential business case for autonomous trucks. I mean, of course, a lot of it's obvious. You know, if you can you know, go driverless, of course, yeah. you're no longer restricted by our, our service uh, limitations. And, you know, the truck can operate around the clock. But there's also some opportunities for fuel savings that uh, you've mentioned in the past. So maybe just talk us through how you see this technology improving efficiency and freight transportation across the board. Yeah, um, maybe two examples. Um, Today, it takes a driver, if one driver, because hours of operation, and quite frankly, fatigue, five, six days of go across country. With a Thomas vehicle, uh, it could take two days because that vehicle could operate 20 hours a day. And plus, right now, uh, one tank of uh, gas is about 1,500 miles. So literally one refuel. I mean, that getting from fresh produce from the port Long Beach to somewhere in Texas now becomes a lot more uh, cheaper and so that benefits consumers. Another one is, you know, we've seen some of our partners, because of the uh, e-commerce on-demand economy demands, adding a lot more team drivers. Before, uh, it was a relay operation where they can kind of break up the driving, but now a team has to go straight through. It's very hard to recruit drivers for teams. Sure. You know, so I think those are, those are kind of two concrete examples where uh, a Thomas truck that doesn't get tired, that can operate 20 plus hours a day can really make a difference uh, in improving the supply chain. Right. And I think that in light of the you know, supply chain challenges we've seen over the past year, uh, of course, there's been a, a re renewed focus on recruiting and the trucking industry's labor shortage. Uh, of course, that's been the case for a long time, you know, certainly for as long as I've been covering this industry a little over a decade. Uh, driver recruiting and driver retention have always been a pain point for the industry, but it's even tougher now. Uh, so you do see a role for automation in addressing that uh, that labor challenge, you know, not just through automation, uh, but also uh, ways to, to make the, the jobs of truck drivers uh, better. True, and, and the road's safer. Uh, I think that's a key point that uh, is very important. Uh, and we demonstrated fuel efficiency as well. So I think all those areas, uh, it's, it's a much needed technology. And of course, Too Simple is uh, uh, operating uh, across the globe, um, operations in, in different markets. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to, for your perspective on uh, how the U.S. market, uh, you know, maybe compares to some of the others. You know, some say that the U.S. market is particularly well suited to autonomous trucking because you, you know, see the, the long stretches of open highways, especially out west. Um, you know, and that's not the case in many other markets. Um, but of course, you're also um, bringing your technology to, to Europe, to China. Um, so in your view, just how does the opportunity for autonomous trucks in the U.S. compare to some of those other markets? We're, we're big believers that the U.S. will be the first to commercialize technology. Um, on one hand, uh, if you think about demographics of truck drivers, the turnover of truck drivers, it's uh, one of the highest. Um, other hand, like you said, there's open highways, there's 
big, large corridors like the I-10, Texas Triangle, I-40, that is conducive for uh, autonomous trucks. So, uh, and the regulation today is actually uh, quite supportive. So I think for those three reasons, uh, we're firm believers that the U.S. would be, be first. And then a final question before I let you go. Um, of course, uh, it's great to be back at CES. Last year was virtual only, uh, and we are back in person this year. Um, of course, there were uh, quite a few exhibitors that uh, withdrew uh, a lot of concerns about the Omicron variant, and uh, I w wasn't quite sure what attendance would look like coming in, you know, this year. But uh, you know, there's still a lot of activity. You know, it's not quite back to how it looked a couple years ago. But you know, as an exhibitor, you know, maybe could you speak to the challenges of preparing for a show like this in the in the current environment, um, and uh, also what's your impression of the show thus far? Yeah, we we didn't know what to expect coming in this week. You had so many companies cancel, uh, attendees cancel. Um, so it was definitely uh, nervous for us. We spent our team, I'm sure many teams alike, spent so much time preparing for this one big show. Uh, I think our booth looks amazing. And, and, and the turnout actually has been very good. Um, now it's not like other years, but on the flip side, now you can actually get uh, a Uber. You can get a, 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 a restaurant reservation. <laughs> you can make it on the monorail, <laughs> right? Hopefully. Um, so, so I think I think um, we've uh, we set out to do what we accomplish. Um, I think the organizer has done a good job of keeping COVID measurements uh, in very strict uh, standards, and of course for our team as well, it's uh, it's very important to to be very sensitive to, to COVID, of course. Yeah, and I'll just add to that list that the hotel rooms aren't a thousand plus dollars for a night and on, for a room on the strip. That is a very big plus too. <laughs> so, yeah. That is not the typical CES experience, but it is great to be back. And uh, this has been a great conversation, uh, but uh, in deference to your time, you know, I think we've reached a good stopping point here, so I'll, right. I'll leave it there. So thanks again, Cheng, for joining us. I uh, really appreciate your insights and it's been fascinating to watch uh, your company grow. Thank you. In times like these, it's crucial to stay informed. Transport Topics is offering all the information you need to make business decisions in these unprecedented times. And in the wake of the many event cancellations and group gatherings, TT ensures a virtual way to consume business content and conversation. To join the conversation and stay ahead of the news, follow Transport Topics on all social outlets or by visiting ttn.ws forward slash stay informed. We're here at CES 2022 in Las Vegas, and I'm excited to bring in Joe Adams, Chief Engineer at Kenworth Truck Company. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Oh, thank you for having me. So I think it's fair to say that the two biggest commercial vehicle trends on display here at CES are electric power trucks and autonomous driving technology. And of course, we see examples of both of those here at the Packard booth. Uh, so we'll start with uh, electrification. You have the battery electric Kenworth T680E model on display here in Las Vegas. So just tell us a little bit more about the typical applications or business cases for that vehicle, and also all the work that went into bringing that vehicle to market. Sure, sure, absolutely, Seth. So, you know, we've developed the T680E to be uh, a, a great vehicle to complement the T680 with the diesel powertrain, but with the battery electric powertrain. Um, the one that you see outside is set up in a you know, six by four application that's perfect for drayage or regional hall kind of markets. Um, it has a 396 kilowatt hour battery pack that gives it about 150 miles of range, which is perfect for those kinds of applications. 
Right. Now, for fleets that are interested in deploying electric trucks, there's really a lot of complexity to navigate. This is really a whole new world for the trucking industry. Uh, of course, there are limitations on vehicle range and, and payload capacity based on the weight of the batteries, but you know, there's also the need to invest in charging infrastructure and carefully manage the recharging cycles and uh, you know, to really manage the, the cost. So what's your advice to the early adopters who are excited about these trucks but also need to work through the challenges? Yeah, my, my big advice is to reach out to you know Kenworth and Packar and uh, have that conversation early on because when you're looking at putting in place battery electric vehicles and charging networks, you know those things uh, do take some time to do the installation. And in many cases, we can get you a truck a lot faster than you can get the charging network set up in your location. And so, uh, depending on the size of the charger and what where you are with your utility uh, company and location and the and the type of infrastructure you have, it could be you know 12 months plus to get that infrastructure put in place. So, reaching out to someone in the sales team at Kenworth, we can get you connected with Packer Parts. We can set you up with with, uh, the types of chargers based on the, you know, your duty cycle, the range, and the application of the trucks you're going to use, and then really get you partnered up with our partners with Faith Technologies and Snyder, and have them do site assessments and get you rolling. And you would understand then, you know, what are the what's the permit process? How long is it going to take to get the charger put in place? How long do we have to to have the the battery uh, infrastructure for charging? You know, how long is that going to take? And so you know that information, then you can kind of be on your first path with, you know, upgrading your facility for charging capacity for commercial vehicles. Yeah, so really a whole uh, set of uh, consulting services to help uh, you know, bring these uh, vehicles uh, into the real world operation. And like you mentioned, the, the truck may be the easiest part, you know, right. the truck itself. And if I could just add one other thing, right, sure. we also have uh, on staff a couple people that do, uh, that are, gr are experts in the grants across the country right. and cool. so those are really important when you're getting ready to buy a truck in a regional area that you want to look at and see what type of grants that are available we can help with that and so reaching out to the Kenworth sales team we can uh, look at your region and see what grants are available whether it's a, a county or mu municipality that's offering a grant or something larger like in the state of California uh, with HVIP or other types of grants. So. Yeah. Okay. And I also want to talk to you quickly about electric vehicle maintenance you know, in theory, of course, uh, there are some uh, opportunities there because EVs have fewer moving parts than a typical uh, diesel truck, of course, with all the after-treatment systems. You know, no longer need that if you have a zero-emission electric truck. Right. Uh, so what are you seeing so far? I mean, are you seeing any potential maintenance benefits for electric trucks compared to diesels? Absolutely, we are. You know, and you mentioned less moving parts. I mean, it's like 40% less yeah. moving parts. And so a lot of solid-state electronics, uh, a lot of software that goes into making these vehicles operate and run with a lot of uh, diagnostic capability on top of it. The ability to monitor that over the air so that we're, we're, we know how the vehicle's running really helps us focus on uptime with the battery electric vehicles. And so the initial trucks that we have out there now today are you know realizing some of those benefits. And so it's great to see what we kind of thought would happen come to fruition with yeah. the trucks that are kind of early adopters out in the field. Yeah, well, it's good to hear that that's uh, you know, the early returns at this point. Uh, now, in addition to battery electric technology, uh, PACCAR is also investing in hydrogen fuel cell. You know, it's complementary, you know, but it's, it's technology that can potentially extend the vehicle's range. Uh, of course, there's additional infrastructure needs for that as well, but 
Uh, I just want to get your, your current view on these different, but again, complementary technology paths, uh, battery electric and fuel cell. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's an exciting time to see all of these, you know, zero emissions or low emissions technologies kind of come to market. Um, our customers continue to look at their carbon footprint. They're very interested in doing things to help out the environment and to help out their business. And, you know, hydrogen fuel cells give us the ability to currently extend range further than what we can do today with battery electric vehicles. And so we have a, a great partnership right now with Toyota with a project going on in LA, at the port of LA with 10 trucks running. And um, those trucks have done extremely well. We've got a ton of data from that and that's giving us more information to figure out what we want to do as we go forward and uh, how we'd like to, to take the next step with this technology. Sure. And then just a, a final thought on you know this uh, electrification trend. You know, today, of course, these vehicles are, are still in their infancy, but just how quickly do you envision this segment of the market, this brand new segment of the market, uh, picking up and growing over the years? And uh, do you think this is, uh, you know, the future of the trucking industry? Yeah, you probably got the million dollar question there. And I think the answer is that um, there's a lot of government regulation in certain regions. California comes to mind where they're they're really pushing the technology that's helping to you know stimulate interest across our industry. We have uh, a lot of companies that are, as I mentioned, that have carbon reduction goals. That's helping to, to push it. And I think in general, people um, understand the, the benefits they can get with zero emissions. And so it's, it's all, those, all three of those things are coming together and, and really driving a lot of interest in this market. So I see it uh, being today, we're in the early phase. And uh, over the next few years, you're going to get a lot of people adopting. The early adopters are going to pick up the technology. Regulations kick in in 24. And I think through the, the back half of the decade, we're going to see a sizable percentage of trucks we're selling uh, be zero emissions vehicles. Yeah, we're right at a, you know, the very beginning stage. And it'll be interesting to see this market uh, develop uh, in the coming years. Uh, so I do also want to turn to one of those other trends I mentioned at the beginning, and that's uh, automated driving technology. And uh, PACCAR, of course, is partnered with Aurora uh, to produce self-driving trucks. Uh, Aurora, of course, is developing a, an autonomous driving system, a level four system. Um, and in fact, here at uh, CES, your sister company, Peterbilt, is showcasing a, a Model 579 equipped with the Aurora system. Uh, so I'd like you to just tell us a little bit more about all the engineering work that goes into integrating a system like that, an automated driving system, with a Class 8 truck. Because it's not as simple as just adding sensors and software to an existing truck. Uh, tell us about all the other considerations and redundancies you have to factor in uh, when you take that kind of level of automation uh, and prepare that for the market. Absolutely, Seth. And it's really, to your point, what you said, it's a fully new integrated system that we have to build for the vehicle. So it's, it's taking you know, a computer system that needs all of these inputs and integrating it into the, to the vehicle's powertrain, integrating it into the braking system, integrating it into the steering system. And in many cases, um, the amount of uh, technology we have today in a diesel system we're having to take it up a couple levels on, in the case of braking or steering, where we have redundancy, we have um, additional levels of functional safety that we're integrating into the vehicle based on not having the driver there as that uh, backup source to check how things are going. And so Aurora's been a great partner to help us 
uh, work through this. They're, they're focusing heavily on the algorithms to uh, produce the vehicle. We're, we're working heavily on these redundancies and the systems integration piece. And every day we're, we have teams pulling together and you see the truck that's here. We have several others that are Kenworths that are out in the other locations that are um, you know, doing work now. And next year we'll have you know, literally dozens of trucks that we'll have available so we can go catch some mileage on these and really start understanding how our systems are performing and, and robust, making that technology robust for a production solution coming soon. Sure, and as you work with Aurora on um, autonomous trucks, you're also, of course, uh, continuing to offer various driver assist technologies in the market. That's been the case for, for many years now. Um, systems like collision mitigation, lane departure warnings, uh, we're starting to see maybe the very beginnings of some level of steering assistance uh, in the market. Right. Uh, so how do you see advanced driver assistance systems, or ADAS, improving in the years ahead? Well, I think that it's, you know, today you see a lot of that technology today on the, on the automotive side. And, you know, people that drive their F-150 to, to the you know, fleet yard and they jump in their Kenworth truck and, and zoom off, they like to see that same technology. And so we're continuing to push through um, a lot of the systems that we have today. We offer Bendix Fusion and some of the other capabilities from other suppliers. We're deep into integrating that capability into our vehicle, into the digital display that we have now on the T680 next gen that's there and other capabilities for the future. So it's, a, it's just building blocks, as you kind of mentioned, so that we can offer more and more features to our drivers and it helps them uh, take fatigue off of their workload every day, and it also helps them do their job in a more efficient manner operating on you know, the roads today that are as congested as ever. So. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, before I let you go, I, I would like to open it up and just hear a bit more of uh, your perspective on the future of trucking technology. Uh, so apart from the trends we've already discussed today, uh, how else do you see commercial vehicle technology evolving in the coming years? Well, I mean, there's just, when you're here at CES, you see all of these different uh, technologies and vendors that are there, and uh, being able to kind of uh, embrace what's happening across multiple industries and seeing how that impacts us and the commercial vehicle industry is, is a, it's fun to be a part of that. And, um, you know, when I think about what may happen in the back half of the decade, I think it's more of a convergence of technologies that we will see. And um, if you think about, and just take a couple that are here, but you know, with uh, autonomous driving, you know, the idea with that is that the truck could go for hundreds of miles without stopping. Well, okay, if I want that with the zero emissions technology, what do we have that we can do that with? Well, that's one reason why fuel cells are really exciting, is I can put enough hydrogen storage on the truck that I could drive 700 miles or so without stopping. And so you could see those two coming together and then the connectivity that uh, we have on the trucks today, how that's going to grow into second or third generations of connectivity to get more data off the vehicle. When those all converge together, it kind of gives us a new exciting product that I see that, that we'll have toward the back half of the decade where these things are all really helping us uh, move freight in a different manner than what we do today. Yeah, uh, I think I'll just add that you know, seeing you know these uh, Class 8 trucks on display at CES also helps illustrate just how tied in our industry is to all these technology trends. And uh, I, I don't think that uh, the trucking industry is uh, a laggard in technology anymore. You know, if that, if that perception is still out there, uh, there's really so much that's that's pretty cutting edge happening. You know, right in our uh, in our industry. 
Uh, this has been a really fascinating conversation, Joe, but I think we've reached a good stopping point. So thanks again for joining us and sharing your insights. Awesome, Seth. Thank you. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to go back to our original question. What did the technology on display at CES reveal about the future of trucking? Over the past several years, autonomous driving and electrification have widely been regarded as two of the key megatrends in the development of commercial vehicle technology. But these are no longer just futuristic visions. Battery electric trucks are on the market today, and companies are beginning to build out the charging infrastructure and maintenance networks needed to support them. At the same time, companies are actively testing automated trucks, and developers have partnered directly with truck makers to pave the way for purpose-built autonomous trucks. It's important to remember that this technology does not represent a threat to today's professional drivers. The industry's need for qualified, safe drivers has never been greater, and that won't change anytime soon. Instead, autonomous trucks could actually help shift more driving jobs toward routes that are easier to fill and more desirable for the next generation of truck drivers. Similarly, electric trucks aren't going to replace today's diesel models overnight, but we are at the very beginning of a new segment of the commercial truck market that is poised to grow dramatically in the years ahead. For autonomous and electric trucks, the future is now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.